Greetings, listeners. Jonathan Harding here on Culture Club. I hope everyone's doing all right, staying safe. Uh, The world being as it is right now and me still recovering from a certain virus has meant that getting to the cinemas has been virtually impossible lately. Fortunately for today's review, I got lucky. While the movie we're about to discuss is, or was, released in cinemas locally in America and parts of Europe, it released digitally. Through the power of a virtual private network and an American friend's login details, I managed to watch Wonder Woman 1984. On with the review. Wonder Woman 1984 is also known as Wonder Woman 84, or WW84, because apparently there were just lots of world wars somewhere along the line. It's an enjoyable movie, I'm not going to deny that, but there is a reason that the film's critical reception was so divisive. It's enjoyable, yes, but its problems are the kinds that detracted from the experience for many, even at first glance, myself included. Before I go on, I'd like to preface this by saying that I'm going to try and spoil as little of this movie as possible, if at all, but many of the issues here are the kind that need both setup and explanation. First up is the plot device, the magical rock that grants wishes but with a downside of some kind. The concept of be careful what you wish for is a theme that's been explored in stories for centuries, and it's one that will continue to be explored for a very long time. That said, I think it's starting to get a little boring. But Wonder Woman 84 doesn't actually explore it outside of a single plot thread and a few lines here and there. It's mainly used as a gimmick, and honestly it feels kind of loose. Like, it, it doesn't feel like there's any set of rules that it follows, so you can't really expect anything from it other than, like, arbitrary limitations. It's weird. Following on from that is the theme the movie opens with, Don't Cheat. We're shown an athletic competition of some kind that Diana took part in as a child back on Themyscira. She discovers that she can win the competition if she cheats just a little bit, which, I mean, I get it. She looks like she's maybe 10 years old in the sequence, and she's competing against fully trained Amazons who are, like, twice her height, if not more so. I get it. Right at the end of the race, she's caught and given a scalding talk about cheating. This is a theme that we don't see again. The movie literally opens with it, but this is the only time it comes up. The only thing the sequence introduces that is of any consequence to the story is the Golden Warrior, which later turns out to be of little consequence anyway. That's all I'm going to say. Just remember the sword from the first movie, basically. She can do fine without it, let's put it that way. That's a spoiler. (laughs) Whoops. Then we come to the second problem, the mall sequence, in which Diana stops a heist. This is spectacular, it's bright, colourful, fun, and fast-paced. It gives the movie a sense of not just being a comic book movie set in the 80s, but the feeling of a comic book movie that was made in the 80s, with updated technology, of course. The issue here being that the rest of the movie doesn't feel like this. The rest of the film is the polar opposite. It isn't bright and colourful, it isn't fun and fast-paced, it doesn't even have the 80s cheese that made the mall sequence so enjoyable. As fantastic as the mall sequence is, it makes the rest of the movie feel dull and somewhat boring by comparison. This is actually where the third problem comes in. The first 20 minutes of the movie comprise the mall sequence and the athletic sequence. In other words, for the majority of the first act, There is no conflict, no real stakes, no interesting character relationships, and no meaningful growth. 
This is a two and a half hour film, and half the first act is spent doing nothing but being fun. Evidently, the filmmakers knew this was an issue as well, and they did actually want to cut the mall sequence, but Warner Bros. insisted that it remain in the film. Apparently, Warner Bros. just has not learned their lesson. Stop interfering with the creative process. Anyway. Now on with the villain. Or villains. Or villain and stage hazard, I suppose. Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord is the perfect casting decision, and as the central villain, he does a very good job. But then we have Barbara Minerva, who, through the plot device of wishing for anything, becomes the cheater. On the one hand, this is a cool concept. On the other hand, it feels like the only reason she's in this movie is because super-powered Wonder Woman can't exactly get into a big CGI fight at the end with a business tycoon. That fight would both be very brief and rather graphic, I think. As far as the final showdown itself is concerned, I get the sense that somewhere along the line they blew the effects budget. Something Hollywood loves to do with bad CGI is to hide it, and the best way to hide bad CG is to have it take place at night. Tonally, at least, the fight might have been better served if it had taken place during the day, when everything could not just be fast-paced, but also bright and colourful. You know, like the film's opening. Oh, breathe. <laughs> Then there's Steve Trevor, because he's back, and no, I'm not the one spoiling this for you, the trailers revealed it months ago. Diana gets a chance at the Wishing Stone, and it brings Steve Trevor back to life, but not quite. The supposed cost of this wish is that Diana's powers are weakened, something also hinted at by the trailers, don't at me. But there is another, far more terrifying cost. Steve comes back in someone else's body. Like, this other guy clearly had a life of his own, because he had an apartment and everything. Is he still alive and conscious in there? If that's the cost of the wish, then why did Diana lose her powers? Why is it the only wish that affects someone else and not the person making the wish? And if it's not the cost of the wish, then why does Steve come back in someone else's body when all the other wishes kind of just happen out of thin air without, like, you know, taking someone's life? I, I don't know. Confusion reigns supreme. Right, I have done my best to review this movie without spoiling it. I know this feels a little out of order and back to front, but this is as good as it's going to get. I think I've done a good job, considering every other review I've seen or read has thus far spoiled the movie. Have you seen Wonder Woman 1984, and what were your thoughts? Anywho, that's me for the week. Hope you enjoyed. Cheers.